You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. We have seen in this series about the church, we saw number one, the master. And the church has one master. And it's not the pastor, even though it rhymes, that's not the master of the church, it's not the pastor. The master of the church is not the deacon board. The master of the church is not the founding families of the church. The master of the church is not a religious headquarters in a distant city or a denominational headquarters. The master of the church is Jesus Christ and he is the only master. He is the one who is the head of the church. He is the one who has, in all things, must have the preeminence. He's number one. He's first place uh, in his church. It's his church. It belongs to him. We saw the mission of the church. And uh, our mission is not to huddle inside the walls of the church and hang on till Jesus comes. That's not our mission. Jesus never gave the mission to his disciples and said, um, uh, go to that upper room and stay there as long as you can. He said, you stay there until you are endued with power from on high. Because he said the Holy Spirit's going to come and empower you. And Acts 1 verse 8, this is where I want to go. It says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then, here it is, are you ready? Here's the mission. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. We saw the mission of the church is to be a witness, to, to take the gospel to every corner of the globe. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We saw the message of the church. The message is the word of God. We preach Christ. We preach Christ crucified. That is the message of the church. The message of the church is not how to be a better you. The message of the church is not how to be a, a, a better uh, financial guru, uh, not how to be a, a business executive. The mission or the, the message of the church is not how to uh, have better self-esteem or, or, or how to be, you know, uh, physically fit or mentally fit or financially fit. Now, those things are all fine. Those are wonderful things. But the message of the church is what thus saith the Lord. It's the word of God. That's our message. Our might, our power, we said is really twofold. Our, our power is the Holy Spirit of God in prayer. And I want to remind us tonight that we will not have power in our Christian lives apart from prayer and apart from the indwelling and the filling of the Holy Spirit of God. Your power is going to run out my power is going to be gone. It's going to be empty. It's going to be uh, uh, useless. It's going to be in vain. But when God's power kicks in, there's no limit to what God can do. The God who created the universe, the God that spoke the universe into existence, he has all power. And isn't it amazing? That's what Jesus said when he told his disciples to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. 
And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. That's our might. We saw our method. We talked about the methods that we use. And uh, we're not looking to the world for methods. We're looking to the Bible for methods. For example, what I'm doing right now probably wouldn't make sense to a whole lot of people that don't know the Lord. I'm up here, I'm, I'm hollering, and I'm, I'm pointing, and occasionally I'm stomping, occasionally I'm hitting the pulpit, and occasionally I'm raising my voice, and I'm getting, I'm getting you know, passionate about it, and like, man, calm down, what's your problem? You know what this is? It's preaching. And by the way, we need preaching. Preaching is to herald, it is to proclaim the message. Uh, just like in uh, uh, Bible days, there would be a town crier or there would be a town herald that would proclaim the message from the king. And that's what preaching is. Preaching is to proclaim the message of the king of kings and lord of lords. That's our method. You know what another method is? Another method we have is soul winning. You know why? Because that's the method of the Bible is we are to go, and we are to go from house to house, and we are to go and tell everybody we can about Jesus. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. I think we ought to do it a different way. Well, you can think whatever you want, but I want to do it God's way. I want to follow the methods that God has given, and we talked about some of those. We talked about our members, and this is where we left off two weeks ago. Our members, we have a responsibility as members. I'm thankful that God is the one that adds to his church. That helped me so much two weeks ago because it says the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I'm glad it's his church. Now, that doesn't mean that we sit back and we get lazy and we do nothing and say, well, you know, God's going to have to build his church. No, it means we're obedient. It means we're faithful. It means we do what we're supposed to do. But at the end of the day, we realize that the results are in God's hands. It's his church. He can do whatever he wants to with his church. We're just going to be faithful until he comes back. And we talked about that some a couple weeks ago. We said that members have responsibilities. Uh, one responsibility we said is members ought to attend. That's a good thing to do. If you're a member of a church, it's a good thing to attend that church. And, and by the way, when you attend, I think it'd be good to come ready to hear from God. I think it'd be good to show up and not think, Oh, here we go again. I think it'd be good to show up and say, I can't wait to see what God has for me. I can't wait to see how God's going to speak to my heart. I can't wait to get around God's people. I can't wait to shake hands. I can't wait to smile. I can't wait to give a, a, a word of encouragement to somebody. I can't wait to see my, my church family, my Christian brothers and sisters. I can't wait to be together. I just can't wait. Wouldn't that be great if we came to church like that? We have some responsibilities to attend. We talked about giving. We ought to give. We ought to give cheerfully, uh, giving to the Lord's work. We ought to give to others. We ought to look for those in need, and we ought to give as God lays it on our heart. We talked about, two weeks ago, we talked about serving. And the Bible tells us that we are to serve God. That's why we are here, to serve God. And I want to tell you, there's plenty to do. Uh, you say, well, you know, it just seems like all, everything's covered. Oh, no. There's always, always more that we can do to serve God. And I hope you'll have that mentality. Here, let's start tonight. As we're talking about our responsibilities, we read Acts 1.8. We have a responsibility of witnessing. It says, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. The Bible tells us in the Great Commission in the book of Matthew. 
in the book of Mark, in the book of Luke, and in the book of John, and in the book of Acts, the Bible tells us that our responsibility is to tell people the good news of the gospel. Now, I want to tell you, if God had said it once, how many think we ought to do it if God said it once? Amen, right? But when God gives us the Great Commission five separate times, I think we ought to pay attention. I think especially when we see that these are the last words of Jesus Christ. We put a lot of emphasis sometimes on these were the last words that somebody said. This was the last request that this person had. Well, Jesus' last request, he said, I want you to go and I want you to share the gospel with every person in the world. We have that responsibility to win souls, to witness, to tell people the good news about Jesus and what he can do. Let's talk about another responsibility we have. Turn with me to Acts chapter 4. Acts 4, we have a responsibility to pray. The Bible says in Acts 4, 31, it says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken, where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart, and of one soul, neither said any of them that aught of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. You see what these verses are saying? That these, these disciples that had gathered together, and these disciples that eventually turned the world upside down for Christ, they got together and they didn't designate one guy and say, hey, you're the one that's going to pray for the group. Hey, you're, you're responsible for praying. They weren't, they weren't taking that as a, a job description and saying, okay, you take care of the praying and we'll do the other stuff. Praying is all of our responsibility. By the way, we've seen what God can do with the prayer of one person. Imagine what God could do with an entire church that got serious about prayer. I believe we could see revival. I believe we could see things that we, 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 we could not even imagine if we would get serious about praying. Ephesians 6, the Bible says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Did you know we're all supposed to pray and we're all supposed to pray for each other? Now, I'm going to ask you something that's very convicting. So please don't raise your hand. Please don't drop your head. Uh, please don't come to me after and say, Pastor, you were talking right to me. I know you were. No, I'm not. But I want you just to look around, maybe just even in your section or in the section on either side of you. I want you to look around. And then I want you, in, in your mind, I want you to answer the question, how many of these folks have you prayed for this week? So I don't know everybody's name. I, I, don't, I didn't say you did. Didn't say you have to know everybody's name. But that'd be a good reason to learn more names so you know who you can pray for. And I understand we have visitors. I, I, don't, I don't know that it'd be possible for you to do it on Sunday morning. 
I look every Sunday morning during the song service and I am constantly, I am looking and I'm trying to uh, locate the visitors and I'm constantly, I'm telling Brother Dan or I'm telling my wife after saying, now who is that person that was visiting? They were sitting over by that, you know, and I'm trying to figure it out. I don't expect you to know everybody's name, but I would say on a Wednesday night, I'd say there'd be a pretty good group of people. You'd know some names. I'd say you'd know the names of the people in your Sunday school class. That's a good reason to go to Sunday school, right? So you can know some people that you can pray for. I'd say the people that sing in the choir with you, you could pray for them. What about the people that are in your bus ministry? What about the people that are in the junior church? What about the nursery workers? Uh, what, about, uh, what about we've got the, the shut-ins that we're working on? What about if you just start going through on Wednesday nights and we list some shut-ins? And what if you start just writing those names down? So I'm going to pray for those folks every week. I just want to say, say this. I think prayer is something we talk about a lot. But I'm afraid we don't do it nearly as much as we should. And it is the responsibility of every member to pray, to pray for yourself, to pray for your needs, but to pray for the needs of others. Next, we have a responsibility to encourage one another. Uh, I'll tell you, people need encouragement. Uh, I think you ought to be an encouragement everywhere you go. I think you ought to be an encouragement when you go to Walmart or you go to uh, the grocery store, you go out to eat. I think you ought to be an encouragement. But I especially think we ought to be an encouragement to God's people. I don't think there's any excuse. I don't think there's any reason for God's people, people that have been saved, people that know God, people that claim to, 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 to love God, and people that claim to believe this book. I don't believe there's any excuse for God's people to come into God's house and be critical and be negative and to be angry and to be bitter and to take it out on fellow believers. I just want to tell you, I haven't seen that verse in the Bible. Maybe you want to show me where that is later. I haven't seen that one, but I'll tell you one I have seen. Go with me, if you would, to Galatians chapter 6. While you're turning there, we know that we are to exhort one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching, we're supposed to encourage one another. But notice with me Galatians chapter 6. Galatians 6, verse number 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness. Now, let's just take that principle. You know what that means? It means if you're spiritual, you're not trying to kick somebody while they're down. You're trying to help somebody. Your goal, your mission is not to see how much damage you can do while they're down. Your mission is to say, how can we get them back up? How can we encourage them? How can we restore them? In the spirit of meekness, that's many times our problem. We don't have the spirit of meekness. We have the spirit of pride. We have the spirit of pride to say, I can't believe they did that. I would never do something like that. I can't believe, did you hear that person? Oh my, and by the way, there's your first mistake right there, going around telling everybody what you heard. I heard so-and-so, I heard that they got in a fight with their coworker, or I heard that they said this to their wife, or I heard that they, they uh, had this happen in their home. I, that, that's, there's your first mistake, but then here's the next mistake. We think that would never happen to us. We're so spiritual. We're, we're God's gift to Victory Baptist Church. We would never do that. Well, wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. 
Can I tell you, it can happen to any one of us. And pride always goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So it says in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. That wasn't the verse I wanted to read, but I'm glad I read that one. Verse 2 is the one I was getting to. And isn't it, it wonderful? The whole Bible's good. I mean, it's, it's all good. But here's the verse I was getting to, verse 2. Bear ye one another's burdens. I would dare say for some, we don't even think about others' burdens, much less carry them, much less do something to help with somebody else's burdens. We're so worried about our own burdens, aren't we? We're so worried about our own struggles. We're so worried about our own problems that we sometimes don't even think about what other people are going through. But this says, bear ye one another's burdens, and here it is, and so fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? It is to love one another, Jesus said, as I have loved you. It is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus said, and the second is like unto it, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And then, of course, you know how all that goes. Those disciples, I don't think it was the disciples, I think it was the, the, the Pharisees that were there. They said, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus said, I'm going to tell you a story about that. How about somebody that you would not even want to associate with and somebody that's been beaten and somebody that's been left for dead and somebody that has been robbed and that's the person that you ought to be neighborly to. And then Jesus takes that and says, oh, and by the way, the priest walked by, didn't help. The Levite walked by, didn't help. But guess who did? A certain Samaritan. Can I tell you? We are commanded, we are responsible to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. But here's what we like to say. They didn't help me when I had a burden. They didn't do anything for me. Well, that's not the law of Christ. Uh, that's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, isn't it? That's, you didn't help me, and I'm not going to help you. You didn't forgive me, and I'm not going to forgive you. But guess what Jesus says? Father, these people that are crucifying me right now, would you please forgive them? Because they know not what they do. How about this, Ephesians 4.32, Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We are responsible to bear one another's burdens. We have a responsibility uh, as members to Christ. We have a responsibility, I believe, to the pastor. I believe we have a responsibility to leadership. I believe we have a responsibility to support. You say, well, pastor, uh, are, you, are, you, are you saying we're supposed to support you because you, you, you make mistakes? You just made a mistake tonight. You just overlooked a name. There was a bold on the prayer sheet or you did this. Or, well, here's what I'm saying. Hebrews 13, 17 says this. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief. 
for that is unprofitable for you. Here's what I'm telling you. If a church cannot get behind a pastor, that church is, it's not going to work. It's not going to grow. It's not going to reach people. You know why? Because the church is going to be so busy fighting that they're, they're not even thinking about anything outside of the church. They're not even thinking about souls. They're not even thinking about missionaries. They're not thinking about bus routes. They're not thinking about kids crusade. They're not thinking about teen camp. They're thinking, I got to get that pastor back. That pastor, I can't believe, you know, uh, that we put down blue carpet. Oh, I just, oh, I hate blue, you know. Can I tell you something? Uh, at, at Victory Baptist Church, I need your support. I need your loyalty. Now, you're always welcome. I'll talk to you about anything. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be every man doing what's right in his own eyes. It's got to be a church that says, I'm going to follow the pastor as the pastor follows Christ. And by the way, if I, I told you this last week, if I ever preach anything, if I preach anything that's not Bible, I want you to come to me and I want you to show me. I'll get up the next service and I'll correct it. I'll promise you that. But you know, that's usually not our problem, is it? It's usually not doctrine. It's usually not Bible. It's usually pride. It's usually, I don't like that or I don't want that or he, you, 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 you hurt my feelings because you preached against my sin. Well, folks, I'm just the messenger boy. You take it up with the one that gave the message. His name is God. You can talk to him about it. But we have a responsibility. I thank the Lord at our church. I thank the Lord for the faithfulness of God's people. I thank for the, I'm thankful for the loyalty of God's people. We have our, in our workers' guidelines, we even have a, a line that says, if you're going to serve in the ministry of Victory Baptist Church, we need you to be loyal to the program of Victory Baptist Church. Uh, we don't want the choir uh, feuding with the Sunday school class. We don't want the bus ministry feuding with the master clubs. We don't want the nursery workers feuding with the security. We don't want the sound men. They're mad at the radio guys. We want to have a church where people get along and behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. My dad years ago my dad told a story, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure my mom uh, will remember this, but my dad had a pastor friend. And the pastor was preaching on a Sunday morning, and uh, it, was a, it was a small church, but it, a good pastor, good man, good family. And he was preaching one Sunday morning, and he got talking about, about people supporting and people uh, getting behind him and people standing with him. And in the invitation time, and if you notice, I've, I've never done this uh, for this reason. During the invitation time, he asked, he said, folks, he said, I need to know who's with me, who's behind me, who's ready to, 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 to take this city for Christ, or what? I forget exactly all things he said, but basically, who is, who's willing to stand with me no matter what? And he said, nobody came. He said, I thought maybe my microphone's not working, maybe I wasn't clear, and so he said, I said it again. And the piano player's playing, and I said it again, and nobody came. He said, finally, he said, one man got up and came and stood with me. Can I tell you, that pastor did not stay at that church very long after that. You know why? Because the people were not behind him. And I want to tell you this. God has given the church a pastor. God has given the church a shepherd. Now that goes against, that goes against human nature because 
we want to say, I'm going to HR, you know, or I'm going to file this complaint, whatever. Oh, that's fine. I'll talk to you. It'd be great. It'd be wonderful. But at the end of the day, I will stand before God and I will give an account for the direction of this church. And here's what I'm asking from you. I need your support. I need your prayers. I need your faithfulness. I, I need you to get on board. I need you to get a hold of the mission and say, hey, with God's help and by God's grace, we want to reach this community with the gospel. We want to reach more young people. We want to reach more teens. We want to reach more adults. We want to reach more senior citizens. Well, we want to see this church go forward for God. We have a responsibility of loyalty. We have a responsibility of encouragement. We have a responsibility of faithfulness. We have a responsibility of involvement. I've been so blessed these last two weeks. I've had so many people talk to me. And I've had Miss Odell tell me about so many people that have contacted her saying, how can we get involved? How can we serve in these ministries? I want to tell you, that's the way church ought to be. Because the church is not the pastor doing all the work. The church is not the staff doing all the work. The church is the church body marching forward like a mighty army for the glory of God. We need involvement and we need passion. Can I tell you, I'm not trying to say we need emotionalism. I'm not asking you to, you know, to start crying even if you're not sad. I'm not asking you to shout even when you're not happy. I'm not saying that. But here's what I'm saying. God's people need to get some passion. God's people need to get something in their heart. And if it's in your heart, it's going to be evident on your face. It's going to be evident in our lives. But we've got to have some passion for the things of God. These disciples in the book of Acts, I'll tell you one thing. They believed with all their heart what they were preaching and what they were doing. You know how I know that? Because they were willing to suffer persecution for it. I'm not asking you to sign up for persecution. We don't have that sign-up list, hallelujah, you know. Would you please sign up if you'd like to be persecuted? But I'll say this, if you're willing to suffer for what you believe, I'd say you believe it pretty good. I'd say that it's real to you. And these disciples, they had a passion for the things of God. We have responsibility to each other as, as members in the church. We have responsibility to our community to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. We have a responsibility to our children. I wonder what Victory Baptist Church is going to look like in 20 years. I'll tell you this, it depends on what this crowd does. Now, I hope we'll have some young people that'll catch fire and they'll say, hey, if mom and dad aren't going to serve God, we're still going to serve God. But I don't think there's going to be the strength and the stability in a church if mom and dad don't stick with it. If grandma and grandpa don't stick with it. If we don't have some, some folks in the Saints Alive Bible class that'll say, we're just going to serve God till he comes back. We're going to serve him as long as we have breath, as long as we have life, we're going to serve God. We have a responsibility to our children. We have a responsibility to the lost. You see, as a church, we are debtors. I'm not talking about financial debt. I'm talking about spiritual debt. That's what motivated the Apostle Paul. He said, I'm a debtor. He said, I'm a debtor uh, uh, to, the, to the Greek. I'm a debtor to the barbarian. He said, I'm a debtor because somebody told me about Jesus. I owe a debt to share Jesus with somebody else. And we have a responsibility to the lost. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 
if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. If you hide your gospel, that's not affecting me a whole lot because I've already been saved. I've already believed the gospel. I've already believed in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. I'm going to heaven. I'm saved. I'm born again. That's not going to affect me nearly as much as it's going to affect somebody that does not know Jesus. And if your gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.